Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don, where Pastor Don answers all of your questions from theology, parenting, and whether he can tell if you're sleeping in church. Enjoy. Please like and subscribe. Pastor Don. Alex. How you doing? Really good. Good. Yeah. Did you get a chance to look at that uh, blood moon? I missed the blood moon. You missed I it. I fell asleep. You fell asleep. I'm sorry. That's, I mean, that's understandable. You know, sometimes I'll like wake up in the middle of the night for, you know, a kid crying or something like that. And as I'm like wandering back down to go back to sleep, you know, look out the window. I'm like, man, I should really like get up in the middle of the night and look at the stars sometimes because there's no lights on anywhere. Yeah. And out in the country like you live, yeah. then you don't get all that pollution of light that right. we have yeah. in town. We could see, the, I could, sometimes we can see the, like, ga- the haze of the galaxy. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. But you used to enjoy that in Kansas. We'd camp out at the pond and there was no light pollution out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> light pollution. Yeah. Um, I saw something online, someone talking about, you know, the... The blood moon, that's one of the marks of like the seven years of tribulations. Right. Mm-hmm. You think that's what we got going on? Well, if we have it going on now, why wouldn't it have gone on the last time? The blood two, moon two or three or five, four times that we've had blood moons since Christ's time. Uh, but it is. It's mentioned in the Bible, both in Revelation, uh, mainly in Revelation, that I think of right off the top of my head, mm-hmm. as a mark of the time of Christ's coming. Yeah. Why couldn't they like pick something more specific? <laughs> you know, there are some other things that are specific to, yeah. to the coming of Christ. Yeah, Charlene and I read Matthew uh, or Luke twenty-one this morning and and realized you know there are some interesting marks there of what Christ come. But there's also wars and rumors of wars, and boy, we we've got that on the ten o'clock news every night. Oh yeah, so uh, can't mark it by that. No. Well, speaking of news, uh, the Supreme Court with the that leaked hmm? decision, not decision, one of the, the leaked... Uh, leaked conversation. Yes, sure. About uh, possibly the path for overturning Roe v. Wade and, uh, of course, which is the popular abortion ruling from mm-hmm. the 70s? Mm-hmm. Yes, right. 70s, yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I have two sets of thoughts. One is, so the court itself, as a governing body, the third piece of our yep. uh, third uh, branch of power. governing, governing uh, system, has been compromised from within. So now, all of a sudden, it's just like the other two branches <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that are compromised from within. Yeah. Uh, so it speaks to the state of our nation yeah. and the integrity of our leaders. Mm-hmm. And somehow it got from a justice, I mean, it's a closed circuit, right? to someone who could have given it out. Mm-hmm. And the timing of it was disastrous. Agreed. And so uh, it makes me question the court. Sure. Now that we question both the Congress and the House. Yeah. Yep. It, it, we live in a time where... We question government more than we used to. Yeah, as we should. As we should. But uh, it, it really creates a great deal of doubt as to are they working in our best interests. Yeah. I, on the positive side, though, having them be more open and transparent, albeit you know not 
sometimes that's not what you want, right? You wouldn't want someone to know where you were going in a military action or something like that or something strategic. But for the most part, more people, eyes on the government, watching them at all times, I think is probably a good thing. But We call it accountability. Yes. It would be nice if our leaders were accountable for their actions. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that being said, it's hard to trust people who are not accountable for their actions. Yeah. So trust, I think, was undergirded, undermined. Certainly. Tremendously in that action. The second piece on Roe v. Wade, uh, it would be nice if the court would take a ruling and give it back to the states. Mm -hmm. I think the states are more in tune to their populace than, than the government yeah. is. And that's basically what's wrong with Roe v. Wade from the start is it took something away from the states that the states could do themselves. Yeah. And uh, that's, it needs to be given back. I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's kind of how we were founded, and I see the I see the reasons for you know having a federal power for a lot of stuff, but sometimes it's you just gotta kind of toss it back to the states. Well, and part of it does, is so. What will the federal power dictate? Yeah. And well, before so it set us it sets a precedent. Yeah, and and uh, the the court setting a precedent of that stature. I think is going beyond what it needs to be doing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if most of the states agreed on, you know, when abortion sh should be allowable or when it should not be allowable, well, they could just pass that law. That's kind of the thing that I'm just like, well, if we if we agree, if we could all vote on it and agree agree upon it in the system we have, well, we wouldn't have this problem. But but we do. But there's a recent thing that. Oh, one of the senators just got like a ruling for campaign finance, something or other. And the court's like, oh, yeah, we're on your side. You shouldn't. I think he was like, he, you can give your own personal money to your campaign. And then after the campaign is over, you can use the extra donations you receive to repay yourself. And they set that limit to like $250,000. And this person, which I remember, Ted Cruz, um, did like two hundred and sixty-eight thousand. Why? 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 Why do that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's for a good uh, reason. That's not as good, but or an accountant that didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, it could be too. Stuck it in the wrong spot. But then you started looking at it, so like, well, the law was this. So, but then the Supreme Court said, no, we're we're on this guy's side because of you know free speech and you know political speech or something. Like, why do they even let those laws get passed if they aren't constitutional as it is? You know? Right. Uh, that's and who's hard. doing the testing? Yeah, against the Constitution, and that's but, our that's our court. So yeah, there's a lot of innuendos there, and I'll have to confess, this country preacher isn't well versed in government and what's going on. And I've gotten to the point I'm a little jaded by the ten o'clock news. Oh, well, I, I mean, just don't. You know. it's hard to come away feeling good about your uh, political system if you watch the, any news for any certain amount of time right now. Mm -hmm. But. That's we true. got good people. Once you see, you know, you get to a smaller level each time. When you talk to, if you talk to a thousand people, you might get all the bad comments are going to eat you up. But if you're one on one with somebody, one critical comment or two, or maybe a bunch, right? It's not as hard because it's more personal that way, and at least well, that's how I feel. Well, and it, it sharpens. Yes. So if we have enough respect in a conversation to disagree and voice it then I can learn something that I haven't thought about from the downside of my argument 
as well as you can learn from my side exactly. of the argument. And maybe we can come out at a spot that's better for everyone mm -hmm. because we've had the discussion. I think that's one of the cool things that when, we, when we're doing these episodes, how much I'm learning about you and you from me when, honestly, I didn't really talk to the pastors a lot, get to know them enough. You know, you see them kind of in passing, but if I, I figured, you know, we start this video series and stuff like that, I could really make you sit down and talk to me. Yeah, I can really get yeah. sat down and talk to you too. But I think well, we it's a privilege. To... I enjoy the conversation. It's good. been good. We've almost got a year of these, you know. I know we do. Yep. I forget the episode number, but yeah, they're good. Okay. So can we talk a little bit more about the abortion issue? Um, what does the Bible say about it? Well, if you go into the Old Testament, uh, the infant infanticide, you know, was part of Baal worship. And so it was looked down upon, right? Especially in the Old Testament, because it was part of you gave your first son to Melech and you actually burned the kid yeah. in the sacrifice. And I just can't imagine. Uh, so uh, I don't see infanticide actually being something positive looked at in the Bible. No. And as far as the abortion to the point that we have it, uh, where you can actually uh, cause the pregnancy to end, uh, I don't. There was not that kind of surgery that right, was done yeah. readily in the Bible. Well, it's kind of like how the when we talked about dating in the Bible, there was not there was not a word dating. Mm -mm. There's not a word homosexual, and there there's not a word abortion in there. Homosexual, the act is shown in R Romans chapter one. Right, uh, there versus, wasn't the like right. loving homosexual relationship right. was never referred to as. I guess that's what yeah. I was trying to say. Right. Yeah. So then uh, when you get to the New Testament, we see that uh, often if you had a child that you didn't want, especially the Romans, mm -hmm. the Roman culture, they would take those babies out into the wild and allow them to be taken whatever course nature took, Oof. allowing nature to take its course, if you will. Oof. And uh, it was accepted among the Romans to do that. Man. What the Christians then did in that environment was they would be watching for those babies to be taken out and they would gather them up. Huh. And the, the families would, would rear these babies in Christian homes. Hmm. And I, that's part of what begat the orphanage movement and the taking care of, because yeah. there are too many to take care of in the Christian homes that were there. And the orphanages were begun by that yeah that's kind of interesting kind so, of just having like a drop the baby off at the fire station kind of a thing right so the uh yeah exactly and so the christians were not only concerned about people who might be overwhelmed by having another pregnancy in their in their family but they were concerned for the lives that were being sacrificed if you will uh disposed of if you will yeah and that's where the abortion issue really hits me as a Christian. If we're using it as birth control, God help us. Every one of those lives is precious to God. Yeah. And uh, to treat it as disposable is, an, is not right. Yeah. I know uh, Psalms 
um, when David's talking about how God knew him, knit him together in his womb. Psalm 139. Yep. And then I've also found another one. What's the, it's an Exodus. Oh boy. This is going straight towards the path of you rifling through the Bible. I can already feel it. <laughs> um, Exodus. Oh, it's, it's the uh, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, foot for foot. But it talks about, I'm going to say it's Exodus 22. Yeah. Um, about the punishments for someone who causes someone to miscarriage. Absolutely. Did I nail that? It was treated just like a murder. Yeah. Especially if, and if the mom died, and it, I thought it was interesting because it's like if, if, if some random, so if a man causes harm to a woman and causes her to miscarry, then that person is subject to any punishment of the husband or father of that child. Right. Um, but if they're, what I looked into a little bit um, a while ago was that, you know, if, if they're not wed, then there's no rights there at all. So even if, if someone's not wed and they are pregnant and you cause them to miscarry, well, now, wait a nothing. Minute. If she's pregnant and not married, she'd be stoned. Uh, she'd be stoned already. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that, that uh, relationship, that commitment thing was very high on, mm -hmm. on the value system of the Hebrews. So would that even be a good context to look at that? I mean, can we, can we use that to say God says no abortion? Because in the Old Testament it says, you know, if, if, if you cause someone to miscarry, then you're to be punished severely. You know, if you cause the mother to die, you know, death on you. But in the same place, we're going to stone someone for getting pregnant before marriage. Should we use that as a good example? Well, at least as an example of what's important. I think what's, what's interesting is, so to the Hebrew culture, the commitment was important between a husband and wife in marriage. Mm -hmm. And going around having sex with everybody moving was not their idea of appropriate. Right. And so if you're not having sex outside of marriage, likely you won't need to have abortion. Right. So... Which are you going to aim for? Uh, I mean, I, see I mean, what, what you're going to aim for. Man. So basically, what the Hebrews were trying to do was legislate, legislate a holiness before God. And you and I know how we respond to law, right? Mm -hmm. we, we see 55 mile an hour on the road signs and, well, 62 isn't bad, right? Right. Okay. I'm more way, of a 63 and a half person. But okay, yeah, yeah. well, I, 62 is my limit. Okay. So we, we, we have a thing with law. Yeah. And maybe it goes back all the way to Genesis chapter 3 because, you know, Eve was told not to eat the apple, but she up and did it. And Adam did too. Mm -hmm. And it seems like when we're given rules, as if we're going to break them, you know? Yeah. There's just something fun about that. Or yeah. We think it's entertaining. And so while the Hebrew culture tried to, God was trying to lead the people to know who he is and how he, what he wanted, his values. And if we can look at the law, the Ten Commandments. You can go anywhere in there and see that there's value in those. And if we live that way, especially how we honor each other, Yeah. Uh, if I if I whoop you, you probably won't like it. Yeah, it'll uh, mess up our respect. Sure. And of course, it won't happen. But um, it 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 says something about how we interact with each other. When we come to Jesus, 
Jesus doesn't deny any of that. Okay. He doesn't discount those values. But what he says is, love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, and you've done it. Mm-hmm. All the law and the prophets are summed up in those two commandments. And so he's saying, hey, it's relationship. We, we keep those values in this relationship and live them out day, day after day. Yeah. Our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. I mean, that's kind of, yeah, that's what's something that Jesus tried very, very hard and was adamant at that point to make is that these rules are not, you know, some people, some people say, you know, Jesus is, Jesus is all about love. It's all about love, not about, you know, do these things and you'll get into heaven and that stuff. It's just about love. I'm like, but these things are love. You know, these, these commandments you're given, that's, those falling, those are love. That's how we show love to one another. Uh, I, yeah, that's a good point. They're tangible of examples yeah. of the relationship we're trying to live out. Yeah. So then when we come into the concept of abortion, then we have to think of how is that working in a relationship? How does that, uh, what does that say about the uh, sanctity of marriage? Sure. And the, the uh, sanctity of sex? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, there's out there, well, you can't have abstinence. Well, you can have abstinence. Yeah. It is possible. It's not, uh, with beyond reach. It's definitely the simplest, most logical solution that seems to not work when you well teach it. And why? And part of that is because we are human beings who enjoy certain things. Yep. You tell somebody they can't golf anymore. They'll want to golf all the more. Yep. Um, so it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that, that I think we divorce from the discussion, I guess, is, you know, what's God want from you? I mean, if we're really Christians, if we're really Christ followers, does it go more for more than just sitting in church on Sunday morning? It should. I mean, how does it wash in the day to day? And then, uh, that affects how I live in my family as a son of my father and mother. It affects how I live as my household with my wife and my children. It affects then how I live in my community. All these things should be influenced by my love of the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's right. So the Old Testament's not gone. Right. But when we get to the New Testament, it's given Jesus as an idea how how we relate to God. Yeah. Now, did I get to the bottom of your question? Yep. I think so. I mean, I think it's important to touch on just how great kids are. Anytime I talk to someone and the abortion thing comes up, I, I have a hard time getting away from just like looking at my kids and being like, look at them. Sure. They're naughty sometimes, um, and they run around and scream in church quite a bit and throw fits when they don't get what wonderful they want, stuff. but my goodness. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's wonderful to see the kids in church. Yeah. We had one come up front and do dancing on Sunday, yeah. and I thought it was great. Yeah, go for it. God bless them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the thing that I, 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 maybe I shouldn't even mention it, 
but I will anyway. There you go. Uh, I think we have a danger in our culture of worshiping human, the human experience. Oh, yeah. And if we worship the human experience and how good it feels to be human, that is basically the religion of hedonism. Mm -hmm. And that is in conflict with Scripture. Yeah. Because worshiping the man rather than, the, than God is, is inappropriate. Yeah. It's not Christian. So, how do we do that being sensitive to all the things in our human existence and that's loving good, our neighbor? That's a good point, too, because we are just a bunch of, we're two guys up here that, you know, we don't have to bear the burden of, you know, giving birth and uh, raising right. a child. Right. I mean, our, our, we are raising, I am raising children, but. I've done that. I'll certainly say that my wife is the primary caregiver and she's amazing at it and i've had kidney stones which i understand is the closest thing a man will feel to childbirth <laughs> but, <laughs> oh man <sighs> three days in labor but anyway you're right we're guys we're not going to feel it from the ladies and i think we will just temper this discussion with the fact that we don't see it from that angle yeah and and sorry and we invite somebody in the conversation it does uh, but that being said, I think we have to be careful as Christians that we don't cross that line of giving more value to the human experience yeah. than we do to our God. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's a good place to stop. Um, I'm sure this one's a little bit longer. We don't want to go as long as we did on the last no, episode, no. you know, that's an hour true. and a half. But. Yeah. but it was a good discussion. Yes, it was. I thought so. That was uh, fun to go back through and watch it and think about cutting some stuff out or <laughs> should have said something different. I thought of several things I should have probably said different, but it was a good discussion. That's part of it. It's a real conversation. So, all right. And not scripted. <laughs> right. No, it was, it was right out there. I think we should do that again. So real world cross question problem here. So you're at a nice resort. Day is kind of winding down. You say, I'm going to go sit in the hot tub. But you get to the hot tub, and there's people in it. Do you get in? Nope. No? That's what I think, too. I think it's kind of weird. Unless they're really close relatives or, or some people that I'm comfortable. Yeah. You won't see my legs. I do not wear shorts. Interesting. Not in public. Unless it's really a dire circumstance. Hmm. They'd probably just get skin cancer from the light of the fridge probably right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah one of those those translucent skins translucent yep. legs yes that's true yeah but it just yeah it's just not gonna be fun enough to to go in that's one of those things you just can't think yeah. about it you know like we we'll go to the we're going to the dells soon we went during covid and it was awesome because there's nobody, nobody there, there yeah. you waited in line for three people maybe and you know I have to imagine that the pee to water ratio was really low. <laughs> I would still think it's probably unacceptable because it's like, oh, well, we sanitized it with chlorine, but it's still in there. But yeah, when we go back in end of July this year, I'm I'm guessing that that place is going to be rocking. Be more people, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they have like swim up bars where people really? just like hang out and sit there and have their drinks. You you see people there? They're not getting up to go to the bathroom. 
The, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I'm not going there. Sorry. <laughs> no, not a thrill seeker. Water it's slide. That, uh, that kind of thrill I could do without. Okay. You, you know how much I love water anyway. Oh, that's a good point. And, and so it's, it's just not my first place to go. Like the lazy river. Yeah, lazy river. Where you just sit on an inner tube and it's got like a flow of water and it just goes around and around and around. I could still drown. No. I can't. I can't swim. No, it's like well, you can walk in it. Okay. So it's pretty much like a really long bathtub that flows in a circle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I still have this thing about water. You know, I don't mind a shower. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. This is a good episode. Will you pray us out? I can do that. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the conversation. We thank you for the privilege you've given us to be in people's homes over the internet. And we pray, Lord, that you would somehow interject your love and mercy into our week and allow us to share it with others. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. I do need to say one thing. If so, if you're doing, listening to this on a podcast, I realize in the past I've been saying, hey, you know, shoot an email if you want to be on our email list. And I didn't tell you what it is. but Hard it's, to see it, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. So it's Z-I-M, as in my last name, Zimmerman, Z-I-M-1-5-A-C, Apple Carrot. I don't know the, like... At? At gmail.com, Z-I-M-1-5-A-C at gmail.com, and just say you want to subscribe to it. And I think we'll start sending out the email with the link to the videos, um... Wednesday night. Ooh, so yep. people who send you their email and you put them on your email list actually get it a yeah, day early. A day early. <gasps> yes. And then you can take the conversation to the Thursday morning coffee. That's right. Wow. Then it can actually be Thursday morning. That's right. It would actually be. Yes. Yeah. So you'd be the elite group. Yeah, that's right. Specialty class. Wow. So if you want to do that, send me an email, get you on the list. Otherwise, thanks for watching and we'll see you next week. God bless. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you and God bless. <laughs>